0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Chop Shop Sports, and I'm joined today with my good friend Jonas, and we are going to talk about the best three-point shooters. Uh, I did a post recently about Reggie Miller and Steve Kerr that didn't go over well Jonas, did you see that post by chance?
1: I did. There was, a
0: lot of, there was a lot of discussion on that one. Yeah. So, and what I like to do with my post is, and for those of you that follow the page and know me, I will make a post and I'll say something and then I'll give my personal opinion from my personal account. So, I like to throw things out there and get the discussion rolling. So, I don't always post what I I believe. But at the same time, I I just like from a neutral, unbiased perspective, like to give facts and evidence. And I think I did well with that. What were your thoughts on the Reggie Miller, Steve Kerr comments?
1: I mean, I like them. Those are, in my opinion, two of the best three-point shooters of all time. So they should definitely be in that discussion. Um, as far as Steve Kerr being you know overlooked sometimes you know that's that's true, like he's overshadowed by Jordan. he obviously had some big shots in there, but still we we forget about him as a three point shooter. I think he brought that up well so and and I got some pushback about other
0: guys that people don't know about, and one of the feedback one of the comments was everybody knows who Reggie Miller and Steve Kerr are mhm- but when I think of Steve Kerr until the Jordan documentary, I thought of him more as the warriors coach more so than an elite shooter and a good basketball player. And with oh. Reggie Miller, you see him on TNT all the time. So you kind of, you kind of overlook the accomplishments he had as a player. That's true. So those are those, those that's why I chose the guys that I did. Mm-hmm. And the game has definitely evolved since the three-point line came into play. And I think that that because of that, the older guys get overlooked from a talent standpoint. For example, I'm looking at the top 25 in three-point makes. And not one of them played prior to the 2000s you know other than reggie miller reggie miller is the only one um he's second all time he's the only one that was like a 90s player so steve kerr is not in the top 25 neither is larry bird but somebody who's high up on the list so i'll give you a couple names one vince carter is sixth Mm -hmm. i don't think anybody considers him a shooter You got Dirk is 11, and Dirk was a good three-point shooter, but I don't think of him as a shooter. And then LeBron James is another one. Um, Wow. Wow. Him and J.J. Redick are tied at 14. Uh, So, like, those are – so I don't think makes. And and Steph Curry's third, and he's going to be first probably by the end of the 2022 season. Mm -hmm. He's about – he's a little less than 400 threes off from the record i'm sorry a little less than 500 from the record so what what are your thoughts on on using that stat for elite shooters
1: um i can see why you have to put that in the mix but when when you talk about the top 25 all coming after the 2000 the 2000 season i think it's just a testament to how the games evolved over time like you know we're we're shooting more threes now. So you see Stephen Curry up there, you see James Harden up there. Um you see Vince Carter, you said, like these these guys, James Harden and Vince Carter, you wouldn't think of them as just purely shooters. Like when you think of Vince Carter, like what do, what do you think you think about the highlight dunks, the dunks all that? Yeah, that's what you think about. But he's six on all-time makes. Like that's crazy to think about. And James Harden, that's probably one of the best offensive weapons ever. You don't just think about him as a shooter, you know what I mean? So, like, some of these names I'm looking at, Jamal Crawford, Paul Pierce, like, it, I think it's just a testament of the times. Like, we're, we're shooting more threes nowadays. So, that's, it, it, that's what I get from it.
0: And you look at the Rockets, who are taking absurd amounts of threes every game. Yeah. And they're living and dying by the three ball. And that's just not how the game was played. And everybody that knows me knows I'm not a huge Steph Curry fan. <laughs> and I used to be before Why he... is that? Why is that? So I used to be – when he was the underdog and he was just this little scrawny kid from Davidson doing big things, I was a fan of him. Yeah. And really, even through uh, – so I'm a Cavs fan. So even when they beat the Cavs in 2015, I was still like – you know, still still liked him. And then 2016 mm-hmm. came – and just the, the showboating. And, and it's, it's such a double standard, and I know it, and I recognize it. There's yeah. no real reason for me to dislike him.
1: I just At do. least you recognize it. At least you recognize yeah. it. Yeah,
0: and and so when I, I snub him on my best shooter of all time, I'm not going to deny that there's a little bias there, but <laughs> S- Steph Curry is for the three-point shot what Michael Jordan was for the NBA. He changed the way – the league runs, and and you have to give him credit for for changing the game.
1: I I 100% agree with that, because as, as far as, like, looking back on my experience watching basketball, like, my first experiences was, like, 2006 Miami Heat, throwing it down into, you know, Shaq, throwing it down into the Shaq, having D-Wade flash all over the place. Yep. All the way, all the way up to you know Kobe and the Lakers when they went on that two year run, You had Andrew Bynum, you had Pau Gasol. Like th- those are big men. Yep. So, I when the game started changing, it changed so fast, and I think you have to give props where props is due. That's you know that Steph Curry is definitely the key person.
0: And, and you make an, You make an excellent point with the big men, and you look at the '84 draft when. Akeem Olajuwon was the number one pick. He was the clear number one pick. And the knock on Jordan was he's not a big man. He can't lead your team. And that is no longer a thought (laughs) in anybody's mind. The game has shrunk. And now if you're a five man, really, if you can't shoot the three ball, you're you're not as useful to teams. And I, I think that comes from the fact that three points is worth more than two.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I actually have a question for you. Okay. Do you do you ever see the NBA, you know, shifting back to that that big man throw it into the post inside out game? Do you ever see it, you know, shifting back to that?
0: So I don't want to say it'll never happen, but for example, my brother is six foot four, six five, you know, two hundred and fifty, two hundred sixty pounds. Mm-hmm. and what should be a trad- he should be a traditional high school center playing the 5 he j- loves shooting the ball he loves chucking the ball and being inside and being a a grinded out physical player isn't pretty and it's not what people want to do mm-hmm. and obviously you're a point guard and, and you're on the shorter end of the spectrum so you never really had that issue <laughs> but my junior year of high school our team was really small and i found myself playing the 5 a lot, and I hated it. You know, for one, I knew that's not where I would play in college, and two, I'm guarding six, eight dudes going to Michigan. Like, it's not fair. But the point being is kids today don't want to play inside, and even you see finishing has changed, and people are going to the basket less. The whole game is changing, and you go to the YMCA, and everybody's chucking shots from half court so the yeah. so that's a long way of saying possibly but i highly doubt it just because yeah. it's not the not the pretty thing to do it are, are you in agreement with me there or do you have a different I, look
1: yeah, i am i am i just like that that whole conversation brings up you know a point that i heard Shaq make it was like a uh, big man don't sell shoes they can't they can't really Nope. They can't really sell anything. You you don't really see a young a young person coming up looking up to a big man like Shaq really. So unless you're unless you're that big, you know. Hey. But um I think it's I think it's gonna take a, a more dominant player coming up who really buys into that big man, let me dominate everybody playing the post till they stop me. And maybe we see that, and maybe that person takes over the league, but I've yet to see it. Maybe Joel Embiid can do it. But as far as still he still shoots threes the threes. So, yep. yeah, and the Lopez
0: funny. brothers both shoot the threes. And you, and they're the Dang. perfect example because they've been in the league long enough that their, that their game has yeah. evolved a lot. I think uh, Brooks Lopez, I think he made two threes his first like two seasons. And mm-hmm. then last year he made, I, I don't know the exact number, but you look at it, and it's crazy how the game has evolved. Yeah. And I think the most true big man, I know that's not what we're talking about, not supposed to be talking about, <laughs> is DeAndre Eaton is the only true five man I can really think of who is a centerpiece yeah, yeah. of a team. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's not, there's not many around these days.
0: The last one would probably be Dwight Howard and Andrew Bynum.
1: And obviously mm-hmm.
0: Bynum has disappeared with the injury and then – Dwight Howard has hung around. He hasn't quite gotten back to, you know, his pre uh, his, his pre Kobe days, um, yeah. we should say. <laughs> and I just don't see. The problem is, if you can make the three ball as a team around forty percent, why would you go inside?
1: Yeah, I mean it's a fair point. You know, three's three's more than two at the end of the day, so.
0: And, and and you've seen the mid-range game disappear. That shot never gets taken anymore because it's not a high percentage shot. So why not just step five feet further back and get the extra point? Mm-hmm. Uh, but let me just ask you point blank: Who <clears throat> is the best? Who is your best three-point shooter of all time? Who do you think that is?
1: Um, I mean, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to go with Steph Curry. Like you I don't think you can deny what this man has done in the past, you know, seven years. Yep. Um he's he's literally taken the league by storm as far as his three point shooting. Now you see guys coming up after him like, you know, a Trey Young. Yep. Um maybe even a, like a Damian Lillard type you know, shooting these long balls. And that's, that's literally all because of Stephen Curry. Um, so yeah, he has the analytics to show for it too, as far as that, but I'm just, I'm going off of eye test. It's, it's Steph Curry to me.
0: And, and I, I'm not gonna, you can't knock anybody who says Steph Curry. And yeah. I see the point there. But to me, when you look at the three point shooters and the best three point shooters prior to Steph Curry, And even excluding Steph Curry, if you take Curry away, and you look at the best three-point shooters, they're all Mm spot-up guys.
1: That's okay. So that's a good point. I was gonna ask you about this this perception of a pure a pure three-point shooter. in, in contrast, with you know Stephen Curry, you can take it off the dribble, Yep. Um, shoot off the dribble, stuff like that. Like a guy, you can't really compare a Kyle Korver, correct, a JJ a JJ Reddick to Stephen Curry. Like it's it's too hard, you know what I mean? So I, I think there's different elements to a three point shooter that makes you like a a specialist in a sense, you know what I mean?
0: And in the quote to me that really strikes home. Is coach K, I think I mentioned on one of the podcasts when I was talking to Sean, was Coach K was telling Zion and RJ that Duke team, when he was coach for Team USA, he had guys working on catch-and-shoot wide-open threes.
1: Yeah.
0: And Kobe Bryant's response was, why are we doing this? I'd never get wide-open threes. And Coach K was, on this team you will. And Kobe struggled with the wide-open catch-and-shoot shoot three. It's a different shot. And to me, what that shows is there's two types of – if I need somebody to bring the ball up, do a spin move, and shoot, I'm taking Curry all day, even with my dislike of him. But <laughs> if I have somebody driving to the hole, like a Steve Nash driving, getting in the middle of the lane and kicking it out to the corner or the wing or whatever, or even a flip back to the top of the key, I don't think I'm taking Curry to shoot that shot.
1: Yeah. And, and, I mean, you could you could make the argument that catch-and-shoot-wise, Steph Curry is not the best of all time and, and, to me. And I agree.
0: He has those yeah. crazy ones where, like, he'll catch it and get a rebound, flip it to the big man, and run out to the corner, hit the three. think yeah. you know the shot I'm talking about. And mm-hmm. he does that well. But if you look at his open open three-point percentage, let me see if I can find that open shot. This is and to me that's a different 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 stat, different shot. For those who have played Mm -hmm. basketball, it it is a it is a strange shot and you gotta practice that almost because you don't get it and really good shooters when you're wide open, it's a different feel. I almost when I'm shooting, I like to have somebody not so close where they're breathing down your neck. But if you catch it and there's nobody closing out on you, you start thinking about the shot. And it it strangely makes it more difficult.
1: Yeah. You know, like, looking back on NBA champions the past, you know, 10 years, they've all had that one three-point specialist, Mm -hmm. catch-and-shoot guy, whether it's, you know, my guy Klay Thompson with the Warriors – you had even Danny Green last yep. year, um, him on the Spurs too. You had Mike Miller, you know. Kyle Korver, got yeah. Kyle Corver. You have these guys that they're glue guys. Like you, I think you need you need one of these guys to win a championship. Like that threat of catch and shoot. Like you have to stay on them. You have to chase them off screens. Like it's. You need one of these guys, so I think this is a really important conversation. To
0: and it's about. weird because would you call Steph Curry a shooter?
1: And I know that, it's, and I, I'm, and, it's hard to deny, I, but, but he's more than that. Yeah, that's obviously. the point.
0: I, I think it sounds like a really dumb question, and it might be, but when you think about a somebody classified as a shooter, they typically don't do much else with the ball, which is where I think Mm -hmm. Curry has evolved that definition. And you look at, like you mentioned, Trey young is kind of a, a young Steph Curry, Mm -hmm. but you don't think of traditionally, you don't think of guys that get to the basket as well as a, as a shooter. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Now I think it's, I I, I wouldn't not classify Curry as a shooter, but if, if I were to say, who are the best three point shooters in the league right now? Mm-hmm. You probably although Damian Lillard is a really good three point shooter, you don't classify him as a three point shooter. As a shooter, yeah. would you?
1: I I would say so like the only the only two guys when you ask me that question about, you know, the best three point shooters in the league right now. The only two guys that I can think about when you who are really more than three point shooters are Steph Curry and Trey Young. Like I don't I don't think about James Harden, yep. who's obviously a great three point shooter, but when you ask me that question I don't that that name doesn't come to mind. Nor does Damian Lillard, obviously, but like it's it's hard, you know, there's there's so many great players in the league right now who's who've developed their games, you know, add that three point shot. And they're really good three-point shooters, but they don't really get thought about that. So, and another you know. one you didn't mention is Kyrie Irving. Yep, and three-point three-point shooting. He was a champion
0: there. Yeah, because he's got he's one of the best finishers in in the game. He's got some of the best handles of all time, and he's still he he's a three-point threat. And mm-hmm. I think there's a line between a three-point threat and a three-point shooter, like a shooter. Obviously, LeBron James can shoot the three, but if I'm guarding him, I'm not worried about the three. I'm going to no. let LeBron James beat me by shooting the three. Obviously, you don't do that with Steph Curry. Yeah. And this is just something I've, I've gotten into a couple slight arguments with people about this. Do you think Steph Curry is as effective in the 90s? <sighs> um... And, and let, me, let, me, let me give you yeah, some examples he, in the sense that Steph Curry, although he is really great shooting, like he's still a good shooter, elite shooter with somebody in his hip pocket, he's so good sure. at getting to the rim that you kind of have to worry about that threat too.
1: And in yeah, the 90s,
0: if you have Bill Lambeer or Dennis Rodman down there to knock him down and not get a flagrant, you know, foul him hard, to me, I yeah. think that takes away Steph Curry's threat to the rim, which would make him easier to guard on the perimeter.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. That hip in the pocket, that you know, arm on your side, that, that more physical game. That's gonna that's gonna take away from some of his open looks, some of his ability to create space. That's where he gets all of his threes. So, I mean, obviously, he'd be a great player in the '90s. Like, I don't think I don't think anybody's denying that. Um, but as far as success levels, three point wise, um, I could see the nineties physicality, you know, Gary Payton yep. type, a guard like that kind of disrupting his ability to, you know, get a three off, you know, cause as, as physical as they can be back then. But yeah,
0: I, I think it's, and you look at those bulls teams, they had John Paxton and they had Steve Kerr. And today every team, and you mentioned it, the, Current champions. Every team has two or three guys that are reliable knockdown shooters. Yeah, look at those Cavs teams. They had Kyrie, J.R. Smith, G-R. Kyle Korver. Uh, Amon Shumpert could shoot the three a little bit. He was kind of a yeah. three and D guy. And obviously, the Warriors always had Stephen Clay, which is plenty. Clay. And then you throw in Kevin. You don't Durant.
1: need more than that. You don't need more than that. <laughs>
0: I, I am a Clay Thompson fan. I will say, um, the only knock I'm a Clay Thompson fiend. My He's a beast, my man. only knock that I ever have on Clay Thompson, and if this is the only blemish of his career, kudos to him. But I'm thinking 2016 NBA Finals, after I want to say Game Five, when the Warriors go up three-one, and he taunts LeBron James, basically calling him a baby. And then the hissy fit he threw, in the immature, walking off the court after Game Seven, to me, was disappointing. Kind of like Cam Newton's press conference when he lost the Super Bowl. Do Do you remember? Like, do you, is that
1: is that? F- I, I'm not I'm not familiar with that, but you know, it, it's Clay Thompson, right? He's a he's an eccentric guy. Um. I don't think you can deny what he does on the court. The man is, the man is ridiculous. Thirty-seven points in a quarter. Yep. You know what was what was that stat? Sixty points with eleven dribbles or seven dribbles. Some absurd. Yeah, dude is ridiculous. Um, he, he, he's up there. I have Stephen Curry as one, but him and him and Ray Allen are battling for that two spot to me. So to me. That's that's just my that's just my
0: opinion. To me, Ray Allen will be number one, uh, probably forever, Mm. and and I. So I will admit I am on the Steve Kerr high after watching the documentary, (laughs) and I'm I'm definitely biased because I I relate to him because the way he plays is kind of how I play, so I kind of have that connection, Uh, but. I I don't think anybody will ever knock somebody for saying Steve Kerr or I'm sorry, Steph Curry. Yeah. And it's not to me it's not like the the goat debate where you are you know you're you're talking everybody today it makes me angry when four of the, the goats, four of the top five goats are still playing. You know, to me or or have played in the last ten years because you're discrediting the greatness of the eighties and nineties. I don't I don't mm-hmm. think you have to worry about that so much right now with the three point. Because as great of a shooter as Larry Bird was, and he was great, and he's definitely top five, he did so much more than just okay. shoot. That's true. So let me let me ask you this. You you're driving and you're a point guard. You're shifty. You, you you cross somebody up. You break their ankles. You get to the free throw line. You're kicking the ball to the corner. Game on the line, mm-hmm. down two. Who do you want shooting that shot? Who are you taking?
1: You know, I I mean I gotta go with Ray Allen, man. That's he's. I I, I think that's your pick mm-hmm. too. I mean it's it's between Ray and Clay, man. I just. You know, I wouldn't pick Steph because I think those two um, are better catch and shoot yep. shooters. Um, but Ray Ray Allen is that's a that's a whole whole another level right there. And I
0: so, I yeah. think Larry Bird would be an option. I I'd be completely I would be completely fine if I was throwing the ball to Larry Legend. Mm-hmm. I. I I think you love this the Space Jam line, and I'm just gonna throw it out there. The the Larry's not white; he's clear. I
1: I don't know why that's coming to m- you. You know, you know, you know. I hate Space Jam, man. You and <laughs> I'm a I'm a Space Jam hater.
0: You and Sean uh, NBA Chop Shop <laughs> need to we need to get one together and just have you two demolish everybody's love of Space Jam. Oh, man, I'm with man. you. It's terrible, I like the, terrible. I like the I like the nostalgia movie. of it, but everything else is garbage (laughs) Uh, and so but back to the point of the catch and shoot uh, three point shot which frustrated me a little bit as a Cavs fan was Kyle Korver's unreliability on that catch and shoot down the stretch I think in 2017
1: and 2018 he just was cold
0: and all shooters go through a cold spell but it's really tough to me to put Kyle Korver there when he didn't show the clutch gene that Larry, Ray Allen, Clay Thompson have all showed multiple times.
1: I agree with that. Also, I, w- I want to bring up a point.
0: Okay. Still.
1: I'm going to reverse this question.
0: Okay. If
1: you're a point guard, you know, at the top of the key, okay. and you got, you, got a, you got a center sending a down screen for a shooter coming off a screen, who do you pick? I think I'm still taking... But I think it changes. I think it changes.
0: I'm still taking... Ray Allen was so good off the... And I watched him a lot when I was younger. The ability for him to just run everywhere and catch and turn so quickly is mesmerizing. And Klay Thompson does a good job with it too. I think Ray Allen was a little quicker mm-hmm. with that. But Curry's definitely really good with that. Who's your answer?
1: You got... It, you got I mean, I think more more people come to mind with that question. You know, a JJ Redick comes yep. into the conversation. Kyle Korver, I think he's one of the best best to do it off screens. Um, Reggie Miller, of course, like that that's Reggie Miller's bread and butter right there. Um, and as far as just shooting, period. If you take out if you take the three point out the way, just shooting off screens, you know, Rip Hamilton. That's I don't think you can get any better than that. You know, but so I'm talking about three points. So right I'm now. looking at
0: the, I'm looking at the percentages right now, and I'm gonna change my catch and shoot answer. Okay. I'm taking Steve Novak.
1: Oh my gosh! So Steve Steve
0: Novak of the Knicks. Steve Novak of the Knicks. So <laughs> I watched. I was at a game my senior year of high school. Uh, he's on the Jazz. I'm watching him play the Magic. And halftime goes off. They all run to the locker room. And within three minutes, he is back on the court shooting. And I thought it was so funny that the halftime adjustments and all that didn't matter to him because he was in there for one thing and one thing only.
1: I actually, I kind of have a story like that too. You know, I used to go to I used to go to some Spurs games when I was a youngin. Okay. And and you know my guy, the Red Mamba. I
0: was Matt you know, Bonner. Matt,
1: Matt Bonner, the New Balance he was, king. he was that same way. I, I grew up. I grew up. He was the first man on the court shooting threes with his old New yep. Balance on and the original. Yeah. So.
0: And I I think there is something to be said. So uh, a quote I heard from when I was on the AU circuit was so my first game playing with this team we we're really really talented we had two teams and there's about 30 guys in the program and i want to say 24 of them went division one and so i was one of the ones that did not but the first tournament i played with them first game i played end of the game blow out, we're down 30 whatever i get a steal at half court I'm going down. I look, check back. Nobody's there. I'm going to take a layup wide open towards the end of the game, whatever. And I get pinned. And after the game, the coach pulls me aside and says, basically tells me if you ever shoot a layup again on this team, you're not going to play. If I if I wanted somebody to get the ball to the hole, there are eight guys on the team that do it better than you. But you're one of the best guys at shooting the ball from 25 feet plus. And that's why you that's okay. why you made this team. So from then mm-hmm. on, I was basically on a dribble count. I was allowed to take like two dribbles. Um, so that's <laughs> when I'm, I'm thinking pure shooter. That's what I'm thinking of, and that's why Steph Curry to me isn't isn't that. Okay.
1: Like, I mean, when when you put it like that, you know. When when somebody's asked like what's their definition of a shooter like you, you think of that pure shooter so I can he's, I can see you think you of you think Allen. of the
0: the kid that checks into the game and instantly everybody says shooter he's the shooter yep and and obviously Ray <laughs> Allen could do more than shoot especially in his younger days but towards mm-hmm. the Ray Allen of the Heat didn't do much else besides shoot no
1: that's that's all
0: Kyle Kyle Corver yeah. yeah. now, yeah. J.J. Redick for most of his career. That's, that's all they do. And that's what they get yeah. paid millions of dollars to do. Curry gets paid millions of dollars to do more than just shoot threes. He just He just happens to be really good at also shooting threes. So while I have you here, Jonas, another question that comes up a lot, especially did you watch the last dance? I'm assuming you did. I did, yeah. Uh, So you obviously saw the Michael Jordan Game Mm 6, debatably, for many, as the best shot of all time. What is your best shot of all time? Mm.
1: You know, that that one's definitely up there. But the one that always comes to mind, because I know exactly where I was when it happened, is that that 2013 NBA Finals, what was it? Game six. game six, you know, whatever. I think LeBron missed the three. Chris Bosch gets the rebound, passes out to Ray Allen, backpedal yep. hits that three. If he doesn't make that, you know, they're, they're done. Dynasty, that's no longer a Dynasty. Yeah, I think so. LeBron
0: has I think, come out and said if they don't win that series, he leaves.
1: I mean, I shoot. I, I I think he's right, but um, that that's the sh- I, that shot and Kyrie's yep. shot in sixteen come to mind. But as as far as Kyrie's, there were still a minute to go. Uh, game was tied, so all all wasn't lying on that shot. But that shot by Ray Allen, that's that's yep. pure that's pure clutch right yep. there. I so. agree.
0: Uh, the Ray Allen one is my number one. And That's what me. I liked about the Jordan doc is part of the knock on LeBron's career, and I can talk about it now. So I don't know if you listen to any of me and Sean's podcasts on the Jordan doc. Every time before we started, I said, we're not going to talk about LeBron James. <laughs> every episode, in every episode, I talked about him for at least a couple minutes.
1: I mean, yeah. it's hard. It, uh, can I say, can I say yeah, something real it. quick? I think, you know, we we have all these greatest of all time, you know, best player of all time debates, like, and, and people just dismiss LeBron from that conversation. But the fact that he's getting mentioned while this documentary is going on, like, that's the name that keeps getting brought up. I think that's just a testament to his greatness and yep. in, in the fact that, I mean, he, it's, it's one a one b right yeah. now, like it it's tough, it's tough his name's in there,
0: yeah I agree and and what I was gonna say with it though is a lot of the knock on LeBron is, oh well, Ray Allen bailed him out oh okay Kyrie bailed him out oh okay you' you're the Ray Allen you're forgetting what LeBron did in game seven, Kyrie you're. Forgetting what he, what LeBron did five, six, and seven, you know, mm-hmm. and it's it was interesting and cool to see that Paxton and Steve Kerr hit big shots to help steal victories for the Bulls. Granted, neither of which yeah. were in game sevens, but I think that that's an interesting, an interesting thing to talk about is that Jordan had help, so don't yeah. knock LeBron for. The help he had in the All Stars, he had. I don't think that's a fair, a fair point.
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, to to win an NBA championship, you're not you're not gonna do it one no. guy. That's just that's just not gonna happen. You need you need guys around yep. you. Jordan had Pimpin, LeBron had D Wade, Chris yep. Bosh, Kyrie. He had those guys, and I mean, if you're if you're knocking a guy for. <laughs> you know getting some help like what are you doing he wants to win like that that's a yeah that's you a even mentality you, he's, gonna, he's gonna do it. you
0: look at Shaq who had Kobe and then had Dwayne Wade you look at Kobe he yeah. had Shaq and then Paul
1: Gasol yeah you know I mean all all the teams that win championships they have they have those guys like you can go back forever
0: and so. the only one that comes to mind that really had minimal help he had a lot of good role players would be Dirk that's to me, will forever and always be the worst team to win an NBA championship. Yeah,
1: they should. They should have. Ne- they should have. No business. There. I'm on right record. Yeah, but no then business.
0: you look at a lot of teams. You you look at that 0-1 Sixers team and that 0-7 Cavs team, where the best player had no help. And uh, AI playing Kobe and Shaq, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, and LeBron playing the Spurs big three. But those guys are some of the best in the world and had just had no help.
1: So, I mean, it's, it's the same thing with Michael Jordan, uh, playing those, playing the Celtics, you know, second year, like he's black Jesus, (laughs) you know, gets, gets swept. (laughs) Like you, you need guys. What was your favorite
0: and we'll close it up here,
1: but what was your
0: favorite thing, fact story from that Jordan doc?
1: Oh man, um, I mean, this is this is probably due to recency effect, but you know that that Dennis Rodman missing <laughs> miss miss in practice for for WWE match that was pretty cool. And um, another thing that just just watching the highlights from that just got me amped up. I don't know about you, but I mean, just literally watching the way they put things together, yeah. They, it made me want to play. It got my it got my energy up. Um, and then, and another thing, just a, just a quick other note. I loved how I don't know who it was. I think it was the author of one of Jordan's books. He was talking about kind of like Michael's naive nature and and being able to, you know, is that Sean le- Smith? Le- um, I don't I don't know. I know he was the author of Rare Air. Um, I don't know his name though. But he was he was talking about Michael's ability to you know leave the past in the past and you know not really think about the future and just his ability to concentrate on the now. You know they were talking about him golfing eighteen holes during a game and this he really didn't care. He was he was in the moment at every single moment. Yep. So I mean that's that just embodies greatness for me. So that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it was definitely cool. Give us something to watch every week. I definitely enjoyed it. Um, Do you have any closing thoughts? Obviously, we didn't settle the who's
1: the best shooter (laughs) debate. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think these debates are going to go on forever. You know what I mean? But it was it was good to be on. I appreciate it. It was an honor. Hopefully, hopefully, (laughs) we can do this again. You know? Oh, we'll definitely we'll have to
0: get you and Chop Shop together. We'll have to do a little little trio. I've yet to do a trio podcast. Actually, I've done, I take that back. I haven't done a remote trio podcast yet. Yeah, we got, we, we... Wait, nope. I take that back as well. I've done that. Oh, this is awkward, but uh, yeah, definitely. We'll definitely get you back on here. Um, it was great. I, I love having our conversations. I, I can't wait till we can get back um, to the normalcy and we can see each other in person again, have these debates and conversations. Um. But, yeah, I appreciate you being yeah, here. Right. Uh, make sure you give us a follow at Chop Shop Sports on Instagram and check out our website, com. I uh, we got some articles, and you can see uh, find all our podcasts on there. Um, thanks for tuning in, and you guys have a good night.